because I felt like there was a whole lot of shoulds going on. I really try not to use that word, but I felt like I should be happy because I'd gotten to project director level, which was my biggest career goal and somewhere I didn't necessarily think I would ever have made it to. I had a team, it was a regional role, I was working with global teams, earning well, you know, I should have felt like that was the pinnacle of my career, but I felt like there was something missing. Hello and welcome to A Cup of Tea with Mary B, where I have conversations with ordinary people achieving extraordinary things. I am super delighted to share my conversation with Ellie Both. She's the founder of Bright Green. Ellie started Bright Green just over a year ago, initially to help people in their homes understand how they can work towards more sustainable options. And now, just a year later, she's also creating innovative green work practices for businesses too. It's wonderful to talk to someone at the start of their entrepreneurial journey and it's good to discuss the highs and lows of leaving the corporate world. We chat about her former career journey in the corporate world as a recruitment specialist and although she was very successful and was able to chase the dollar, she realised how after having her two sons and observing all the wastage at home with newborns and children that something had to change as she couldn't unsee what she'd seen. When she went back to work after maternity leave, she set up green teams in her businesses, and at the town hall events, in her words, found herself stepping into her power. And a year later, she took the courageous step to setting up her own business. This conversation is a great example of a budding entrepreneur who's leveraging her fabulous project management skills, combined with her passion to live her mission. Please enjoy listening to this Master Mum. Hello, Ellie. Hi, Mary. And welcome to A Cup of Tea with Mary B. Thank you. So excited to be here. I'm delighted. I'm really grateful that you're here. I'm really excited about chatting to you today, Ellie, mm. because I know you've got a great story to share, leaving the corporate world, and uh, I want to hear your story about that, what you did before, and really why you left mm. as well, mm-hmm. why you've chosen to go into the field that you've chosen. Mm. And as an entrepreneur, maybe some of the ups and downs of being an entrepreneur, um, how it's been for this first year sure. or so for you, be yes. really... Kind of you to share. Sure. Fabulous. So tell us about your background. Where did you start in the corporate world? Um, I started, well, I guess I kind of started after, well, I had a couple of false starts really early on in my post-university career. So then I kind of found my feet in the Salvation Army. So I worked in the job network in Australia, uh, helping long-term unemployed people find work. So it was a challenge. (laughs) It was pretty emotionally draining role day in and day out. But so, you know, inspiring and, um, yeah, there was, I, I really feel a sense of gratitude to have been able to do a role like that where I was really impacting people's lives at a very basic level. Yeah. But yeah. also to do that at quite an early age and stage in your career too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's true actually. So I think, you know, I've always kind of, my motto to myself is I've always wanted to do something good for the world. <laughs> that's been my driving motto from quite a young age. And so I think that, you know, the, the Salvation Army role, I was there for a number of years and that, that role was, as I say, challenging, but also really, you know, inspired me in a lot of ways too. Yeah. I'm really curious, where did you get that motto from? I just made it up, I don't but know. What, what, what age were you? I, I want to do know. something good for the world. I just have always said that to In the myself. playground, secondary school? I think, I think probably around like early 20s actually. I just knew that I wanted to do something and I guess that was after a couple of false starts perhaps in the corporate world where 
I could not necessarily see an alignment of values to my own, but I couldn't have articulated it that way at 21 or 22. So I kind of had a few false starts and then I went into the Salvation Army, uh, the Salvos, and I, um, yeah, I felt that I was actually making an impact and that was a really big thing for me then. It's interesting, isn't it, because you go to university, you get your degree, but nobody really sits down and articulates how important your values are and that's the bit I always say, you know, if your values are being crossed, it feels like you've been cut apart actually. It's a real feeling of... It feels like you're working really hard and I mean, I know you're going to ask me about the entrepreneurial journey, (laughs) but I have worked harder in a lot of ways in the last year, but it hasn't felt like that. And that's, I think, the way that I can best articulate how things, how things now in my in my mind and in my job, I guess, how it's more aligned with my values, much more aligned. Well, with absolutely, and I think the whole values piece is a, such an important part. Almost, it needs to be brushed off and reviewed on a regular basis yes. <laughs> because you change. You know yeah. what you wanted at leaving school or you leaving university or even in your present job. Yeah. So we almost like to dust those down and really look at yeah, those to see that. if it actually yeah. are they appropriate to who I am now. Yeah. Because obviously we inherit our values and beliefs from our parents or the, our main carers, which is absolutely fine for them yeah. maybe at that time. Yeah. And the world has changed. So yeah. it's really interesting the amount of people that I come across actually that are feeling uncomfortable in the work environment yeah. but unable to articulate yes, it. But that, So you realise yeah. that your values set, although yeah. you didn't know then, but you know yeah. now that's, that's <laughs> yeah. actually what it was. Yeah. Yeah. So Salva Army, so what, what happened after that? Um, I probably was lured by the dollar a little bit. I wanted to earn... <laughs> was a pretty low wage, um, all things told. But uh, yeah, I decided to go into a small recruitment agency and then from there went into an internal recruitment role and stayed with one recruitment firm for 12 years. So I was obviously, you know, really happy there, um, worked really hard, did well and felt rewarded for what I was doing. And I was really quite driven in, you know, wanting to do different roles and and different things in that business, Um, had some great leaders uh, and I think that that part of it for me were, were the people that I worked with. Mm. In fact, a large part of it, mm. like, not to underestimate that, was the inspiration that I had from a number of people. And I'm still in touch with a lot of those people even now, a year after leaving. So, yeah. so tell me about the recruitment world, because I mean, a lot of burnt out recruitment <laughs> <laughs> consultants that yeah. absolutely have earned yeah. a lot of money, yeah. absolutely, but a lot yeah. of them get burnt out very quickly. Is it things quite a hard so. pace filled? I think so. So I think definitely for yes, overall for sure. I think definitely in an agency environment where people are probably more driven by the the sales and the dollar and the you know we call we used to call it a flick and stick environment. So you're just kind of churning through your CVs and trying to throw something at a roll and see if it sticks, basically, if it's a match or not, just just trying your hardest. That's one of the reasons why I sort of filtered out of that environment quite quickly on. Probably after a year of being in an agency environment, I went to work in an in-house role. And for me, that was, you know, you could still, you still needed to work hard. You still needed to, I guess, deliver on the roles. Um, But there was a few different facets. So it's more about understanding the business that you worked for, understanding the hiring managers in particular, their team structure, knowing, you know, the the whole construct of the team, what personality would work well in there. So it was kind of a bit more of, I, I definitely felt that was a better fit for me, sort of the, the depth of knowledge as opposed to, you know, working with scratching the surface on yeah. a different business. And the image that came into my mind, it's almost like you're finding the missing puzzle piece true. for that yeah, team. Yeah, true, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Which I really liked. Actually. Yeah, yeah really but, that's, but that's all about the relationships, understanding what they're doing. Mm. So the depth of it and the connection spoke yes, more to true. you. Yes, true. Yes, true. Yeah. So what stage do you think, no, that's it. I know I want to do something for the world, but recruitment, oh. internal recruitment isn't it for me. Well, I moved into a project management role probably about, was after I had my first baby, uh, went back from maternity leave into a project management role 
and built up a function um, in a different part of the business. So it wasn't hands-on recruitment anymore. And I was um, structuring a new team, which was just me for quite a long time, and then building a team just before I went and had my second child. And I, I loved that role. I loved the build. It was more high pressure and <laughs> high paced than, or fast paced than any other role that I'd had, which was implementing, um, you know, large scale recruitment teams for clients. And so it was everything from the recruitment process, the technology, the sourcing channels, the, you know, recruiting the team, the whole bit and overseeing all of that. I did love that role from the perspective that I, I realized that, that that was, you know, a good fit for my skill set in terms of, the pace, which I love, a little bit of creativity, we, again, working with the different personalities, making sure that the connection was there, but there was something missing for me, which I, again, couldn't articulate at the time. So took some time off to have my second baby, came back and, yeah, something had definitely shifted in my time away from, from that role. Um, and I, you know, went back and had a team, which I really liked, tried a few other jobs, which were more on a part-time basis, but then... Yeah, I went to see a coach and I kind of had some help with the values piece. And I actually went to, when I went to see her, I said, I need you to help me articulate my values. <laughs> that was the first thing I said to her. I said, I just want you to, like, what am I doing with myself? Because I felt like there was a whole lot of shoulds going on. I really try not to use that word, but I felt like I should be happy because I'd gotten to project director level, which was my biggest career goal and somewhere I didn't necessarily think I would ever have made it to. I had a team, it was a regional role, I was working with global teams, earning well, you know, I should have felt like that was the pinnacle of my career, but I felt like there was something missing. So I um, went to see a coach and, you know, she tried to kind of help me do a bit of values alignment, which was very helpful. Um, and then I guess concurrently to that, we'd gone through a major decluttering exercise, Marie Kondo style, um, while I was on mat leave. And through that process, I realized the amount of wastage that we had in our house. I realized the amount of, particularly for having kids, as I'm sure you appreciate, but all the new baby stuff, which was imperative to have. And we, we absolutely had to have, you know, a running pram or a backpack for kids to sit in when you go hiking or what have you all this stuff which we'd bought and used a handful of times and it was all brand new and I started to think about the amount of resources and the people who made the things and all of this stuff that had gone into making this stuff which ended up being given to the Salvation Army or passed on to friends or sold or what have you. And, and I do worry that a lot of that, you know, potentially would have ended up in landfill and so that for me was the process that started to go, you've got to change how you think about where things go you know there's no such thing as throwing something away it's got to go somewhere and so you know it just started the process for me so I think that was all of those things you know it was like a kind of like the puzzle pieces again metaphor but for me it was all of a sudden I couldn't unsee what I had seen mm. and going back into the office I all of a sudden went okay this office I can't work here unless I make some changes because I could see we didn't have any recycling we didn't and it was only like probably little stuff, but I just thought, oh, I'm, it's not somebody else's job to do it. You know, the Lily Tomlin quote, I was wondering why someone didn't do something about that. And then I realized that that could be me. So I love that. I love it too. <laughs> and I, and that, that was sort of a, something that I really thought about. And I decided to just pull a committee together and think, oh, we'll just do a few initiatives around the office and see what comes of it. So we did that and we had some good successes and it ha had impacts and effects that I didn't anticipate, actually. So it became a real focus from the top leaders in the business in Singapore. Um, and, you know, it created an opportunity for me to present to, you know, in the town hall forum once a quarter, you know, what's happening with the green team, Ellie, and would you like to come up and say a few words? And 
And it was that's not a situation where I would have necessarily felt comfortable for. I'm probably someone who would rather sit at the back of the room rather than up the front talking. But I felt like I stepped into my power in those situations, which I hadn't probably done before. And again, concurrently speaking to the coach, she said, when have you most felt in your power? And I said, well, you know, speaking about sustainability in front of the business and trying to create that change. So, yes, so then I realised I had to make a change myself. Wow, mm. wonderful. Mm. What a wonderful story. But mm. I think it's really interesting because I think you're one of many millions of people. You're striving in your career. You're striving in your career. You get the next promotion. Mm. You get the next opportunity. You're enjoying what you're doing. Yeah. And then you go, shouldn't I feel happier? Yes, shouldn't this mean more to me? Now Now I'm here at this deadline of all yes. the rate, the level yeah. that we've got to at that stage. and. Yeah. And it's interesting, isn't it? If, by you having that time off and that life, yes. significant life change, become yeah, a mum to two, yeah. just made you really then go, hold on a minute. Yeah. How else could I use my talents and skills yes. to follow my mission of I'm here to do something for the world? Yes. Yeah. Mm. Exactly. And I think it was always that, you know, it's like the carrot or the, you know, the, I picture a greyhound running around a, a track or what have you. And there's, you know, they're chasing something and then you get closer and closer and then the, you know, the carrot or the, you know, everything, the goalposts keep moving and you keep thinking to myself, I'll be happy when I'm a project manager. I'll be happy when I'm a project director. I'll be happy when, I'll be happy when. Mm. And I catch myself still doing it now, don't get me wrong, but I'm, I think much more aware of it now that happiness is not out there. And it's for me, certainly not in the corporate world at this point. I do miss things. Definitely there's, there are some things to miss, but I think for me, the impact that I feel I can have separately to a business I think is more wide-reaching than than being inside a business so that was a driver for me too so what are the sort of things that you miss then from the corporate world oh gosh I miss how long have you been in this entrepreneurial world uh, now a year and a it'll it's just over a year just yeah, okay just so it's still year. very very yeah. new very, new. very yes. okay so yeah, still so not, not walking yet still crawling and also your memories your habits your behaviors yeah. of x amount of years yes. in the corporate world yeah. that's still your familiar yes, place true, so you're still is. in unfamiliarity absolutely. land really yeah, yeah so what do you absolutely. miss uh you know it's funny because I knew saying someone um the other day I knew what I was going to miss stepping out of the corporate world which was the collaboration and the community mm. I knew that I was going to miss that and I knew that going out on my own that you know I would have to I didn't actually know how I was going to going to do that I thought I'll meet other entrepreneurs and I'll have <laughs> monthly lunches with a bunch of women and we'll you know we'll, we'll talk about what we're all doing and I, and I have done that to an extent, and that is something that I missed. But I've also missed being an expert in something, which I didn't know I needed. Oh. And I was reflecting on that as well, which I I think, you know, not necessarily even from an ego perspective, although there's probably some there, but more from the perspective of being able to teach. And so I think through, you know, through this process, I had never necessarily thought of myself as someone who needed that teaching aspect you know when you're a manager you have you teach people not constantly but a lot in your role they'll come to you you get to be the expert feels great to help someone learn Mm -hmm. something in my business which I didn't necessarily think would be something that I needed or was necessarily very good at but I do love that too oh that's really really interesting so you stepped into your power Mm. you were there on in the town hall talking about the green team Mm -hmm. And then did you make, when did you make the decision? How did you set yourself up to It was a year. Step? It was, okay. yeah, it was a year. So um, it was just before the pandemic and, oh, well, just at the very start of COVID, which we didn't really know, obviously, what it was going to look like at the time. And, yeah, it was a year of me kind of, you know, managing a part-time job and doing the green team on the side. And, um, yeah, I kind of felt like, I, I mean, I didn't really have my ducks in a row when I left, not at all really, but I was still trying to, 
to make everything work and it was the juggling scenario and I just thought I, I, the, the real driver actually um, was to spend more time with my kids of yeah. course so I just couldn't I, I really tried and my boss my previous boss was lovely and, and really tried so hard to help me create something that was going to work for both of us but in the end that wasn't to be so um, yeah I was happy to start something new and happy to spend more time with the kids but there was definitely a part of me that was I, I want to be able to do everything like <laughs> you know I was trying to create a safety net for myself by still having a corporate salary but you know you you you've got to make a call and and I always say when I talk to people I know and and always fully recognize that I'm in a privileged position to have been able to take that step uh, which I know is not afforded to everybody and I thought um because I am in that privileged position because I have this passion about sustainability and because I'm I'm able to worry about it. It's you know I don't need to worry about things which are the basic level of survival. I can yep. I can go yep. out and do something yep. about this, which will hopefully impact others. And I, I still think it takes courage. Yes, it does. It does take courage because um, the easy option is to stay, and you sounds like you're trying to bend yourself backwards, forwards, and upside yep. down to try and make it work. <laughs> but then the, the calling of spending more time with your children, yep. but also this stepping into your power yep. and saying, I'm happy to work hard on something that I really, really, yep. really believe in. Yeah. And it's interesting because the the attraction, I'm sure, like trying to work part-time, building this up mm. at the time, but sometimes you have to let go to yep. allow the other to For grow. Sure. I know when I was uh, an employee and I decided to, um, with six weeks' notice, to leave corporate mm. employment mm. after two decades, mm. and my employer went, but Mary come and work for us three days a week because you know you're going into nothing please you've got you know you're no you work in your diary mm, you need a safety mm. net and I remember and I don't know where the courage came from mm. but similarly I turned around and I said to him thank you so much for the offer if I take this safety net I'll never know if I can yes, do it or I not know. I'll never I know to, I had to get to that feeling too yeah absolutely yeah, yeah I'll never know and so and I wanted to know and yeah. uh yeah, never look back 17 yes. years later. So I'm so pleased I did. Yeah, but, absolutely. But, but that took a lot of courage. Absolutely, yeah. Because I did have a mortgage to pay. I was single yeah, and all yeah, of that. So, yeah. so, um, but I'm so pleased I did. So I acknowledge that courage, which is brilliant. So you stepped into your power. Tell us more about what you're doing now. What, tell sure. us about your business, what you do, how yeah, it works. Sure. Um, and I know I'm, and talking about expertise, in this room, you are the expert. So you can teach me lots. I'm really here to listen and learn. I'd love to. I'd love to. Well, I guess, so my other business, gosh, it's a funny one because where I where I started from, you've seen many iterations of the business over the last year as well, I know, but where I started from was wanting to help people in their homes try to figure out how to be more sustainable. So where I came from was we'd kind of done an overhaul. Like I mentioned, the decluttering piece, we tried to be a bit minimalist, we're you know, have some successes and uh, <laughs> and maybe not some others. But then there was also this huge shift towards being pretty much zero waste, as much as I think is possible um, here in these times. So I really wanted to work with people in their homes to do an assessment to say, okay, in your kitchen, cling wrap, okay, get rid of your cling wrap, move to beeswax wraps. Okay, in your bathroom, do you want to try to do a shampoo bar instead of a bottle of shampoo? Like, you know, trying to give people ideas mm -hmm. of, you don't have to go without anything. I'm not asking you to make huge sacrifices in the way you live your life. I still need you to love the shampoo that you use or the whatever it is. There are some things that I won't budge on, by the way, that I still have my <laughs> my one plastic in the bathroom, which I won't budge on, which is my face wash. But I want to show to people that there are things that you can try to have a swap as opposed to stop doing this and miss that, whatever that was. So I think... Um, 
not necessarily sure I'm explaining myself very well, but I want people to understand that there is, there's always a more sustainable option than going for a plastic toothbrush, plastic toothpaste, you know, things that you would have in your kitchen and so on. And I, I hear all that you're saying, but yeah. wouldn't you say then that, that actually is your education piece? Yes, true. Because, yes, this true, is your true, expertise yeah. because, as sure. I said, I, I joke, but in the room that you are the expert <laughs> because you mentioned a couple of things there. Mm. I'm thinking, we could do that. <laughs> but, but it's something yeah. that you don't know what you don't know. The challenge you've got it's is when true. you do know it, it's your choice whether you do it or not. Yeah. But So I would say the education piece is yeah. quite a big part of it what is. you offer. Yeah, so I think that, so I feel like that's, where I started was wanting to consult to people on that. I ended up saying I won't consult in people's homes. I didn't think it was necessarily, especially during COVID, you obviously couldn't really do it. But I, instead, I just created my very small um, minimalist online store. So I have things like the bamboo toothbrushes, plastic-free toothpaste, a number of other different you know, zero-waste products, all plastic-free um, in the store. So that was how I thought, okay, that's how I can do the the consumer side or mm-hmm. the working with people one-on-one. And then something that I'd obviously been entertaining since I was in the corporate world was working with corporates themselves mm. to help them, even just from a green office perspective, to reduce energy, reduce um, paper usage or reduce single-use plastic in the office. Like Some of those big-ticket items um, that I thought I could do as well. Obviously, last year was not the best year to be talking to people about office space um, from a number of um, avenues, but um, where I've seen change even in the last, you know, three months, now there's an appetite for that. So in the last three or four months, I've definitely had a lot more corporate work. I've run some training and facilitation sessions of, you know, how to be more sustainable at home when people are working from home or when they go back into the office. That's kind of a piece, which again is my training bit, which I quite yeah. like as well. Um, there's, there's been that aspect and I'm also working with a corporate across APAC on, on running a green program for them. So similar to what I had sort of set up in the, in the previous firm. I mean, the opportunities is, Huge, isn't it? Mm, mm. It's huge. And so where, you know, with your mission to mm. change the world, what, what, where do you think you're going to get the most return on investment from your expertise and your time and your energy? What, what is the path that you want to go on the most, I suppose? Yeah, I think, gosh, I, lo- I tell you what, I'm, I, I love the, I love interacting with people and trying to help, help people kind of have an idea and then figure out a, I guess, you know, project management. I was going to say the project management side. Correct. Yeah, exactly. So so I had, um, when I first started to work with the corporate client on their green team, they said, oh, we've got all these ideas to reduce single-use plastic. Can you help us do it? And I said, yeah, sure. Like, let's have a brainstorm, figure out what you want to do, and then I'll come back with some ideas of how you can do it. And they, you know, we had this brainstorm and I kind of came back with basically a project plan. I'd sort of said, oh, we can start by doing this, this, and this. And they were all like, oh, my gosh, how did you how did you figure out what to do next? I said, oh, we'll, we'll just start, shall we? And just kind of see Beautiful. how it goes. And not, not to be patronising anyway, I'm certainly not meaning to sound like that, but I, it just makes sense to me and I know how to but break What you've it down. done, which I think is just such a great example of someone setting themselves up for success, you're taking all your corporate training knowledge, people skills, project management skills, mm. selling skills, mm. and many, many more I know, <laughs> taking a product or an area that you're very, very passionate about, yeah. You're bringing the two together. Yeah. That's a success story. I mean, thank you. <laughs> but, that, but, that, but that's but that's exactly yeah. it, you know. Mm. Um, and so, therefore, you have these fantastic corporate skills that allow you to do the project and see the big picture. Mm. But then, what you're able to do for the corporates are, now, let's bring it down to bite-sized chunks. Yes. This is something that's sustainable yes, and manageable. Exactly. I mean, sustainable in both ways yes, yes, <laughs> that you can exactly. do. But, but but this is where your USP is as well, isn't yes. it? As a business. Yes. True. Yeah, true. Mm. So with the business then, mm. because I know you, you, it's not like 
Ellie's business. It's yeah. it, you've got your your brand name. Mm-hmm. Is your vision to have employees? What are your thoughts processes around oh, yes, that? I absolutely love that. I, I do. I am contemplating expanding a little bit at the moment just to have some yeah some additional support so I can kind of spend time on the things that I think are the most valuable. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm hot on the business development trail at the moment, but I think having some support um, is definitely the next thing that I want to do when I start to, yeah, start to build some of that, I guess, project management delivery. I've got everything, I guess, that's come from, from okay. my mind. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think, you know, I think it would be great to have some support in terms of the, you know, the back of house. I'd love to front it all still. Yes. And then have some support with the back of house okay. um, stuff as well. And so um, within the corporate organisations, mm. do you want like... Um, I'm going to, my words, yeah. green ambassadors that then you're there, they're, they're, they're in the business doing yeah. what they do, but you train and coach them yes. to what they need to do. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah, I do actually. There's a bit of that. So the team that I'm working with at the minute, um, you know, they're, they're all the way across APAC, um, which has been such a cool thing to do. And yeah, I'm, I'm working with them in terms of the project management and support, like removing roadblocks or helping them figure out how to deal with execs or getting budget approval and that kind of thing. Fantastic. But I, I, I Fantastic. keep calling myself, I said, you know, you guys are the engine and I'm the mechanic. So I'm, I'm not the one who's doing the doing. I'm supporting you in, in doing the doing. So. Um, giving them the tools that they need and, and support that they need. And I'll, I'll you know, I, I write some comms and let them kind of take that and make it their own and make sure it's fit for their brand and so forth as well. So you really can do the end-to-end package for them, can't you? Yeah, absolutely. And educate the people so the plate keeps on spinning yes, when you're not there. I hope so, yeah. And I guess that's the next thing is to kind of, because one of them I am trying to figure out a bit of an exit strategy because when I go really, like you say, you want to teach them how to continue it on. Um, so I think there's, yeah, that's definitely kind of where I'm starting to think now because it's a little bit the first time I've kind of done that and let, let them do it. On oh, that. wonderful. Yeah. And, and of course, because people are understanding slowly but surely mm. in different parts of the world yeah. how important the work that you're doing is, yeah. surely there's going to be an explosion of <laughs> companies there's saying because they're going to get a better, mm. I mean, they can write it off as tax deductions and all of this sort of financial <laughs> support there mm. is. Mm. Yeah, I, I feel like there's a lot of... I do feel like there's a lot of appetite actually. So I have, I definitely have had a lot of meetings lately where I think business is not sure how to really make a start. That's right. So I think there's, yeah, there's, there's definitely, I think an appetite for someone like myself to come in and kind of just say, well, you know, maybe we start with the green office, get people involved. That's kind of, you know, employee engagement, um, an employee engagement program like that. I think it would be helpful for, you know, many reasons. Apart from sustainability, it can really have an impact on increasing engagement with employees as well, which I think is pretty cool. Yep. Um, and then from there, you know, do we start to look at things like targets to reduce carbon emissions over a period? Because obviously this is the decade and we're, you know, mm-hmm. a, a year and a half into our decade um, where we really need to make, you know, significant change and, and reduce emissions to net zero by 2030, which is... You know, I know around the corner. It's that, around the it's, corner. It's, it's already. Well, think about like Christmas yeah. felt like yesterday, so we're Correct. already six months yeah. into twenty twenty one. So yeah, um, or close. But um, yeah, I think I think it's for me maybe looking at you know I say the more operational side and then figuring out how to kind of get myself ingrained in the business operations and Increase. helping with efficiencies, which will be cost reductions. And I think there's there's there has to be a cost reduction and offset piece, um, you know, in terms of businesses wanting to be more sustainable I think there's an expectation that this will be very costly but for some things I I appreciate there'll be a a capex investment to do other things will be cost saving just by their very nature Mm. because it's reduction it's reuse it's not buying 
you know, buying, I don't know, I always use the, the water cooler example or, you know, disposable cups for your coffees. If you invest in reusables, that's a once-off yep. payment and then you, yeah, you don't need to continue to buy whatever yep. that is. So it becomes cost-neutral very quickly. But, but it's about someone doing the, the, the uh, diagnostics and the analysis yeah. to let them know this is what you can do. Mm. I've got this image of having lots of bright green teams everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> And all that. these little businesses yeah. have got like little t-shirts, bright, bright, bright green. <laughs> but I, I, you know, I, I really agree mm. with you. You can't underestimate mm. the value of community within within the organisation, yeah, particularly sure. with yeah. what happens. And yeah. if I'm part of the community team on yeah. the, or the bright green team, yeah. then that really does, bring, as you say, employee engagement and yes, connection. Yeah. Absolutely, connection. Yeah, yeah. And they're making a difference to not just themselves, but the world actually yeah exactly yeah. and I think mm. you know that was part of wanting to start the green team at my previous firm yeah. which was I could see that if you could impact you know employees in the business surely that's, then they're taking that home to their families right. and helps yeah. the kids understand you know I know I get a lot of requests for well, do you work with schools so I don't know whether that's something that could be in future have you not done or, anything with schools yet no not yet I'm surprised there's, there's no lack of ideas that I have Mary it's yeah. just time time and, and this is why you yeah, need the background yeah. support I think so people doing the, so yeah. the admin detail stuff yeah. you could do but actually yeah. I'm a real kids yeah. are, the kids are the ones who I'm sure you've experienced that from yeah, your I, two I, but I, they come home and they say mummy why do we still have <laughs> I, I, honestly I'm learning from them as I said Amazing. I know if we go to the, the a public toilet um, my son will not allow he, he won't he'll wash his hands he won't use the hand dryer or a towel because mummy it's not good for the environment Boy. Yeah, he, yeah, he's really on it. He's really on it, and he will say, "No, mum, you can't do this." So they are been, but there's a bigger piece. There's a bigger mm, piece there. Mm. I think you know. Again, there should be a bright green team in each school if there isn't yeah, one. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. So I think, yeah, but there will be other pivots, and you know whether or not you know we've obviously got the spike at the moment in Singapore. Whether or not we will we will still be able to work with offices as we currently are, and so you know it's it's it remains to be seen. Yeah. I guess how that will all yeah. play out. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so could you give me then mm. three top tips for in the home that I could do okay. it? And I'm going to also ask you for, for the listeners there who are working in an office environment, what something they could immediately go and do okay. that are making a difference to the world. Sure. So in your home, stop anything single use. I don't mind if it's, whether it's plastic, whether it's paper, whatever it is, anything that has one use, stop. Okay. And then swap it for something reusable. So if you're inclined to take a plastic bag from the supermarket when you're carrying your goods home, just buy yourself a cotton bag or I'm probably I'm sure that people already have bags in their homes that they could reuse um, and then just pop it into your handbag and then you can take it from the supermarket mm-hmm. home, save yourself a bag. Um, and then I would also look at the, the products that you use. So as I say, and again, it's quite similar, but single-use things like whether it's plastic wrap, even foil and baking paper to an extent, Anything that that is single use in the kitchen or in the or in the um, oh yeah I guess in the kitchen more so, uh, and then for your bathroom just try to reduce as much plastic as possible. I think I gave you four there. I like bonus. <laughs> I like a bonus. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now one thing you said to me, particularly as we were saying earlier, that more people are working from home, mm. or I say living at work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, true. <laughs> it was just a, a flyaway comment when we were crossing a paths a, mm-hmm. a few weeks ago, and you said about turning off your laptop when it's been charged so yeah. is that one of the key ones that you share That's with people because because yes. you said that to me and I went I hadn't thought about that yeah well I didn't know that until probably only a year ago myself yeah but yeah but when when so if you plugging in your laptop and your laptop's charged and then you keep charging it it's still using almost I think it's 66 percent 
of the power that it was using to charge your laptop to full capacity. It's still churning to keep your laptop at 100% charged. So the power is, yeah, it's still almost the same. So amount. once you've got 100%, unplug, unplug it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's a same good office your phone. Yeah. Don't keep your TV or your microwave or anything else on standby. Your fridge you can leave on. <laughs> that's important. <laughs> food poisoning. Save your food waste. Yes. Um, yes okay, so, so in the office or mm-hmm. living, from, living at, at work, mm-hmm. Turn off anything that's fully charged. Allow it. Okay. What else could we do? What other two tips could we do from or in the office? What what have we talked? About? We talked about the big plastic um, yeah. water fountain thing. So yeah, buy some china cups or some or yes, some reusable for sure. cups. reusables wherever you can. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, a lot of businesses are going paperless um, by default because people wouldn't yep. necessarily have printers in their homes. I think that's another one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then again. Yeah, again, just, just reducing anything single, single use whatsoever. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. what's, give me an idea. So what about things like ink cartridges? I think with that, you, you just need to make sure that the provider that you're buying from will take them and recycle them. So the end of life ah, care or end of life care. Yes. I'm not sure what that yeah, <laughs> term yeah. is, but the end of life yeah. um, responsibility goes yeah. back to the person who sold that to you. Yeah. Yeah. So as long as they can. They can recycle it. And the same for shredding, like make sure whoever your shredding provider is for confidential shredding that they have a recycling program in place. Most do, um, but that's something to check as well. So things like that. I think looking into the suppliers, I think, for big corporates mm. is actually a really big one because there's an assumption there. We, we as the corporate or the, you know, the corporate business still, still own some of that footprint, which is, which is passed on by the suppliers too. Very helpful yeah. tips. Very helpful tips. So, you, just over a year now you've been employed. We talked about mm-hmm. some of the things you missed from the corporate world. Mm-hmm. If somebody was in your position, you know, what, what would you say to them? Or, or I mean, because there's highs and lows of being an entrepreneur. Yes, for sure. You know, for and, sure. And, and, I, and I love the way you've built in that community and collaboration. It's oh, not the yes. same, but it, it's, it's different. It's imperative. Yeah, I, I yeah. definitely have needed yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, I think I would definitely say, you know, you need, you need to surround yourself with people who are in a similar situation, um, who understand the highs and lows, like you say, Mm. Um, and you also need support outside of your own network. So you need support from people who are not, to have an objective view, not a subjective view of of what you're doing as well. Yeah. I definitely would say, um, you know, to create some kind of collaboration or community around yourself and also to find experts to give you advice on how to run your business, not from your, you know, your family and friends love you, but they also have a vested interest in what's best for you and what's best for your business. Yeah, they're not yeah. neutral enough. Not neutral, absolutely. No. Okay, yeah. okay. So you started a business in a challenging, different mm-hmm. time of the year. So what's your forecast for the next couple of years then for you? Where do I want to be? Mm. Um I definitely think, I mean, all things being well in the corporate world, I can definitely see some good opportunity within the next few months. Um, and I, I have one thing in the pipeline that if I win, I'll need to develop a team quite quickly, which yes. is exciting. I, I like the, the potential problem. Well, you're very we good at there. recruitment. You'll be fine. <laughs> I can do that. I can do that. Um, and then from there, um, yes, I, I mean, I definitely see a number of different um, I guess some other avenues adding, but I will definitely need kind of some some support with that. And then, um, yeah, just to help as many businesses as possible. So I have a target for this year that I've given to myself, um, which is a big, hairy, audacious goal. Good. Um, to support 100 corporate businesses in sustainability by the end of 2021. And so far, I'm just shy of 10. <laughs> so well done. Not bad, not bad. Well but done. I thought if I can at least give myself that goal, it makes me 
push myself to do things that I wouldn't do unless I had that out there in front. I so I thought you might that. like to hear that. I love that. Well done. I'm really Thank proud you. of you. Really, really good. You know how really I go. good. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you're going to smash it. You're going to smash it. And so who, who does inspire you then? Because it's when you're out there on your own doing, yeah. it, doing it all. Who's your inspiration or motivation? What gets you getting up on those Monday mornings you're thinking really I've got to contact so many clients to try and book oh, my number I love it anyone will have a coffee with me I love just having coffees with people now as in like let me let me talk sustainability till I'm blue in the face I, I've been inspired by so many people actually in the last year and every time I have a conversation with someone I learn something from it and it changes the way I think about something um I've yeah I've really and it's when I'm when I'm having a tough time It'll be, you know, it, it'll be the time when the next conversation is actually the most impactful and important. And I had a great conversation yesterday, actually, with a new, um, with a new contact. And I think that our businesses have a really nice synergy, and we will think we might work together on a couple of projects as well. So, oh, there's a, I can't name names actually, but there's a lot of, yeah, I've been hugely inspired, but by the community, um, particularly Wonderful. in Singapore, actually. That I've and heard. they've been inspired by you too. That's how it Thank works. You. Like attracts like, you know that, don't you, Ellie? Like attracts like. Fantastic, great. So I've got three questions I ask okay. all my guests, and I'd like to ask you: What advice or emotional support would you give to your sixteen-year-old younger self, Ellie? Go with your gut. Yeah. For every decision, if something doesn't feel right, it isn't right. That's Go with right. your gut and be be yourself by knowing what is right for you. That's yeah. right. And, yeah. and uh, as you know, I love Oprah, a little bow to yes, Oprah. She calls your gut instinct your spiritual GPS. I love it. Great. And it's I always bringing you back to True North, which yes, I totally true. agree. Yes. Yeah. Fabulous. What is the legacy thinking you want to leave your lovely boys? Uh, I want them to do something good for the world. Ah, yeah, I, pass it I, on. <laughs> I know Zach has the same T-shirt, but I, Henry has a T-shirt that says, I will change the, the world. world. And I just, I want, him, I want them, particularly Teddy's a bit small to really understand, but, um, but I, I want them to know that they can do whatever they want to do and that I want them to think bigger than themselves. Oh, I love that. I love yeah. that. I love that. Well done. What are you most grateful for? Oh, so much. Um, my family, absolutely. Um, my husband, partner in crime and life. Yeah, and my beautiful kids, my husband, I would have to say. And the, the opportunities that I've had in my life which have brought me to where I am. I think that even the opportunity to go out and create my own business of some description is something that I never thought I would do. <laughs> so, yeah, so I'm, I'm grateful to have had that opportunity to also know that about myself, that it is something that, gosh, if I can do it, anybody can do it, honestly, that I think that if you have the energy and drive and passion, you can you can really do anything you put your mind to. And I'm just delighted that you stepped into your power. <laughs> You'd love that. <laughs> Thank you so much. Pleasure I really Mary. appreciate it. It's been you. very informative. I've learned lots. And it's wonderful to hear your story. Thank you, Thank Ellie, for your you. time. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Don't you just love Ellie's mission? I've always wanted to do something good for the world. Not just knowing it, but she's actually doing something about it. I hadn't heard Lily Tomlin's quote before, and I love Lily. Lily and Jane Fonda, they're great, aren't they? I always wondered why somebody doesn't do something about that. Then I realised I was that somebody. As a result of this conversation, I'm certainly more aware of the little acts I can take to live more sustainably. A reminder of Ellie's top tips. In your homes... Stop anything that's single use. Swap for something reusable. Stop using products like cling film. 
and have less plastic in your bathroom. And for those of us who are working from home or working in the offices, disconnect your phone or PC when it's 100% charged. Two, check who your suppliers are and if they have a recycling process. And three, buy some reusable cups, etc. My teaspoons of inspiration for this conversation with Ellie are step into your power. I love that. Step into your power. Give yourself BHAGs, big, hairy, audacious goals. It's something I learned when I worked for Barclays and it's so true. Go with your gut and be yourself. Let's help her smash her BHAG goal of supporting 100 corporate businesses by the end of 2021. She's only got 10 left. I'm sure we can help her. I wonder if you're living a lot of shoulds in your life and career. Can you imagine stepping into your own power and using your talents and expertise to do something good for the world too? How amazing would that be? If you've enjoyed this podcast and would like to lift my guests higher, it would be so great if you could rate and review it in order for it to reach more people. If you want to connect with me, please find me on LinkedIn, Facebook and Instagram as Mary Barrett Global. And come and join my Mary B tribe for an MMMM, a Monday morning motivational mail to drop into your inbox every week. Thank you for listening. Until the next time, have fun, learn lots, and remember, every time you make a choice, you change the direction of your life.